0: This is a joyful time of year. It's an opportunity for us to truly seek the love of God, for us to truly see what the season is all about. You always hear about, the reason for this season is Christ. That's true, but not just the Christmas season. Every season of our lives, those, the reason for every season of our lives is the person of Jesus Christ. And today as we celebrate in the church the Feast of the Epiphany, the coming of the Magi to Following the Star of Bethlehem, finding Christ in the manger, there's a lot of lessons that we are called to learn. In fact, one of the hardest lessons that I learned my first semester in seminary was about this very feast day. And I may have talked about this before, but I feel like it's important to bring up. We were reading one of a, a text in our Introduction to Theology class, my first semester in seminary, and one of the texts that we read was called 101 Questions and Answers about the Bible. One of the early on questions blew my mind and destroyed my childhood, so here it comes. The question was, were there really three kings that were the magi? The short answer, no. We three kings of Orient are. What do you mean there are not Three kings. We sing that song on the Feast of the Epiphany. We chalk our doors C plus M plus B for Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. What do you mean there weren't three kings? Now, tradition, we believe that there were three kings, and at least three of the Magi that came could have been kings from the East, and the names that were given to them were Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. But that's not important of today's celebration. What's important is the link between our gospel that we have today and our first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Notice in the book of the prophet Isaiah, it predetermined, predestined, it foreshadowed for us what would happen in today's gospel, what would happen when the Magi would come from the east. They would follow this star, and they would bring gifts of what? Gold and frankincense. Now, they brought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh which then actually helps us go a little bit deeper into the understanding that they had for this new king to be born. Gold helps you to provide wealth for your people. Frankincense, it is the scent of the gods. In fact, David in the Psalms many times says, "'Let our prayers rise up to you, O Lord, like incense.'" So, when we see incense, we don't just think, (coughs) I'm allergic because we all are. Instead, we are then to see our prayers rising up to the Lord like incense, the typical incense that we use, frankincense. But then that third gift, that gift of myrrh, why would the wise men from the east bring that gift of myrrh? What is myrrh? Myrrh is a oil that they would use to prepare a body for burial. And so you think, that's kind of an odd thing to bring to a kid at his birthday party, right? If you were to bring burial oils to your best friend's infant's birthday, they'd be like, get out. (laughs) What are you doing here? My kid's not dying? Never. But we know in the fullness of time, That the whole purpose of Christ being made incarnate was to take upon him our sins, to sacrifice himself, and to die so that we could have the opportunity to live eternally. So in this celebration of the Epiphany, yes, we celebrate the Magi coming from the East, whether it was three kings or whether it was mystics. These men from the East followed this star. And the star brought them to the Christ child. Now, again, even the the manger scene that we see here is much more beautiful than probably what it was in that moment. If you're a farmer, think of your pigsty. That is literally where Christ was born. Do you ever tell your kids growing up, were you born in a barn, close the door, keep the air conditioning in? Well, I don't think they could have said that to Jesus because yes, he was born in a barn. He was born in a manger amongst animals. So having the animals present in the nativity scene is actually perfect because there probably were pigs and sheep and other animals there and everything that comes along with animals and smells and food. And the manger that we put Jesus in probably wasn't just a nice little basket. It was probably a pig trough that they emptied out to put Jesus into. That the God of the universe, the creator of the world, of everything that there is, not only lowered himself to being put into flesh, having to go through the same things as us, but he also had the most humble of beginnings to show us that great things can be done with the love and power of God. That's what we come to celebrate here today. And so I'll ask again, kind of in a serious way, we're eight eight days into the new year. How is your first eight days going? For some of you, it may be working out spectacularly. It may be the best and the most splendid eight days you've ever had in your life. For others, it may be a living hell, for lack of a better way to put it. Things may not be going as you want them to. In fact, I was talking with the office staff this last week, and I said, I feel like we are just under a cloud of death right now. We've had multiple parishioners that have been part of our community for a long time die in the last week. Pope Benedict died this last week. Joyce Schoen was laid to rest last Saturday, and tomorrow morning Mary Walker will be laid to rest. That death is, quite literally, before our eyes at this time. We celebrated that mass even on Thursday for the repose of the soul of Pope Benedict. But in the midst of that death, where can we find hope and where can we find joy? Well, in the midst of this cloud of darkness is the light to the world and the light of the world, Jesus Christ. That light that the Magi followed, we each in a very real way followed here today. Now, you may not have actually followed a star to get here. But it was actually kind of cool this morning as I was driving to Sayre for Mass, there were actually two stars on the horizon driving west on I-40, and it's like, I'm following the stars. They literally pointed to the church in Sayre. It's like, winner. Now that's probably not why I went. I went because Mass was at 8 o'clock and I had to be there early, which meant there was no sun up, so I got to see stars. And most of you probably did not follow a specific star to get you here, but you did follow an image of the star which is love incarnate, which is what each and every one of us through our creation is meant to be, love for each other, that many of you are here because your spouse or your parents or your grandparents said, get up, get dressed, we're going to mass, God present among you, that we're called to be for each other, to lift each other up. But even if it wasn't someone forcing you to go to Mass, the Lord continually invites us to this celebration of the liturgy. It's an opportunity for us to give praise and thanksgiving to God for all of the blessings that we have in our lives. And even if the last seven and a half, eight days have been miserable, where has your joy been? you think hard enough, no matter how bad the last seven days have been, no how, how good the last seven days have been, you should be able to pinpoint at least one joyous moment. If not, you're not trying hard enough. And in that joyous moment, how can we see the presence of God among us, continually inviting us into relationship, inviting us to grow? What gifts have the Lord given to you during this Christmas season? That the wise men from the east gave Christ frankincense and gold and myrrh. But what gifts has the Lord given to you this Christmas season? I'm not talking about the presents under the tree, I'm not talking about what you got from your family or friends or from others. But what virtues has the Lord offered to you? Has he offered you forgiveness through the sacrament of reconciliation? Has he offered you peace by ending an old feud that you may have had with a friend or a loved one that you are now reconciling with? Has he offered you joy in just having a burden being lifted from your shoulders? Because these are gifts that God continually offers us in our lives. But just because they're offered to us, doesn't mean we actually receive them and utilize them. But why not? What gift is the Lord seeking to give and offer to you today? And how can you use it? How can you utilize that gift of grace, that gift of peace, that gift of joy, that gift of love that he wants you to have? And put it into practice. I'm a procrastinator by nature. Just ask anybody that spent more than five minutes with me. Amy, I'll get you the bulletin notice sometime next Thursday that was due last week. It happens all the time. We always talk about the the procrastination convention being tomorrow because it can never be today. But why are we always waiting for a sign? Why are we always waiting for this great heavenly announcement, which many times comes to us, we just bypass in our lives? This star of Bethlehem that the Magi saw, everybody was privy to. Everybody could see it, but only some people, those that recognized the power of it, followed it. It's the same way of God's love for each and every one of us in our lives. God's love is the star blotting out the darkness in the world. And He's giving us each the opportunity to follow that star, to follow that love. Many of us, though, aren't ready. Many of us make excuses of why that can't possibly be it. But that doesn't stop the Lord from continually seeking to lead us and guide us along the path of faith, along the path of righteousness. So, what have you done this year to make this year any different? Two years ago, the church was blessed with one of the priests, Father Mike Schmitz, who started this podcast. That was the number one podcast in the nation for the last two years. Bible in a Year timeline. Did anybody do the Bible in a Year timeline? Anybody get through it? I got about forty days in the first year, and about sixty days in the second year. I'm on day eight. Day eight. Only 357 more days to go. Don't look at it that way. You'll never finish it. (laughs) But then this year, on top of the Bible in a year, we're going through and not taking just Scripture, but the two arms and the two lungs of the faith of Catholics. We have Scripture and what? Tradition. So this year, through Ascension Press, Father Mike and many of the others that have helped work through this have brought us the Catechism in a year. That big, thick, green book, Not the one from 1917 that asked questions from the Baltimore Catechism, but the one that was founded in the late 80s and early 90s that we know of as the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There's now a podcast that's the Catechism in a year. We're on day eight of that as well. It's another opportunity for us to grow in our knowledge, but also our understanding of God's love. That if you want to know God more, sometimes that means we have to make a change in our lives. It means we have to be more intentional about how we spend our time. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing the Exodus 90 program eight days in, only 82 days left, and yes, I am counting. But in the midst of those ascetical practices is an opportunity to seek freedom. To seek freedom from the burdens that we place upon ourselves and those distractions that we allow into our lives. My screen time this last week, three hours a day. That may not seem crazy to many of you, but compared to my normal of nine to ten hours a day, miracles do happen. My goal by the end of it is under an hour a day, and that's going to be hard with doing emails and phone calls and things like that. But that there is an opportunity for us to grow in holiness. And the Feast of the Epiphany really offers us that opportunity to see the true reason for every season in our lives. And that reason, ultimately, my brothers and sisters, is the love of God. So how is the Lord seeking to love you today? Let Him. Take all of the distractions of your life and offer them to the Lord to be taken away so that all that will remain is what truly matters in life. And that is the love of God. When that love of God permeates our lives, every relationship can be made better. Every day, no matter how miserable things are around you, can offer you joy. And ultimately, in that love, we will find peace. Peace that the world cannot give. Peace that can only come from the righteousness of God. So as we continue through this celebration capping our Christmas season. May we truly embrace God's love. May we seek to be joy-filled in our lives. And ultimately, when we take that step back, may we rest in the peace of Christ.